The ideal king would be one who is not exercising power via his soldiers, but is working on a higher level. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Peter Hawkins, Professor Emeritus of Religion and Literature, and Senior Lector Eric Raymond. They're discussing Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, which is appointed for the second Sunday of Advent in year A. Here's the text. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow strong out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge for the poor and decide with equity for the oppressed of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion will feed together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him and his dwelling shall be glorious. Eric, I come to this passage with two images in mind. One is an image that gained currency in the Middle Ages, the Jesse tree, where a sleeping Jesse, the father of David, is the beginning of a line, which culminates in Jesus. Right. And we have at the, in the beginning of Matthew a genealogy in which the Davidic origin is underscored. But then there's also the Edward Hicks paintings of the Peaceable Kingdom from Antebellum, Philadelphia. And there, the lion lying down with the lamb and the child playing at the snake's hole in in the wilderness are all vividly presented to us as a kind of image of concord and, and beauty. Yeah. So I'm wondering... As a scholar of Hebrew, how you come at this text with its beginning with the Spirit of the Lord resting on the stock of Jesse, Mm -hmm. David, and then some sense of who he is to be, this scion of, of a line, and then the reality that he's meant to inaugurate. Right. The images that you're talking about, you know, the image of the animals dwelling together is in Hebrew, maybe even more than in in English, apparent. When you read 
the text, it's the, the words for the different animals are placed at the beginning of the phrase. And it's just, you know, and a cow and a bear, you know, will feed together. And the juxtaposition of those highlights the strangeness of this phenomenon where, or this, this vision of the world where natural enemies are going to be side by side uh, living in, in harmony. And the, the image of a, a young boy is connected to, it, you know, runs through some of this. It will be a young, young boy who leads, but it will be uh, also the image of a young uh, child playing at the, uh, the hole of a snake. Everything in the parent wants to say, don't go near yeah. that snake. <laughs> yes, right. I, I feel like it, it's something that would have happened, right? You, you, you have children and you can see that they don't pay attention to where they're playing and that this, is, this would have been a, a fear of parents, I think. And the, the fact that it would have happened, but here it's, it's not a cause for concern. It's a, it's a symbol of the the peace and the peaceful nature of harmony of this vision. I'm interested in the fact that, I mean, this is a, a, a prophecy of a ruler who is to come and no doubt a Davidic one at that, yes. given the stock of Jesse. Yeah. But what's emphasized is not military power right. or physical strength, but, but rather values like wisdom and mm-hmm. understanding, counsel and might spirit of knowledge, fear of the Lord. Yeah. And I wonder, fear of the Lord, what does that mean, actually? I have a sense it's not meant to mean I'm scared of God, but ah, what yeah. does fear of the Lord mean? Well, I think it's, it's, uh, it encompasses a kind of uh, fear or even terror, but it's much more broad than the English words fear or terror. It encompasses a kind of respect and really an awe at the at the divine. So even though it's often translated as fear of the Lord, it really is a word in Hebrew that is much broader in its semantic range and encompasses uh, what we might refer to as awe. Though also, there also is a degree of fear involved. Yeah. When we talked about this passage a while ago, you, you used the word breathless. Right. The breathlessness before God is the beginning of wisdom. I like that idea mm-hmm. very much. Yeah, and, and what you were saying about the, the values are being emphasized, it's not the uh, typical associations of rulership, of strength and might and power. This, this is interesting because, you know, in Assyrian inscriptions, you have a lot of descriptions of the Assyrian king being this overwhelming and awe-inspiring and terrifying force, but it's accompanied with lists of the defeated and, you know, chopped heads and crucified bodies. But here that, that sort of imagery is reversed since the image of a rod or something that is used to rule, a symbol of rulership, is not the, the rod of power but it is the rod of one's mouth, that it's something that is not associated with forceful strength, but with communication. Yeah. With the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Right. Yeah. It's not the, um, the image of uh, a war machine. So we're getting another version of the Good Shepherd here, aren't we? Yes. Who is able to 
tend the flock with equity, deciding with equity for the meek of the earth, with righteousness judging the poor, nurturing a flock once again. I wonder how this corresponded to anything that actually happened. What do you mean? In politics. Right. In the Davidic line. Right. Which begins auspiciously, so we're told, with David. Right. But really ends. Doesn't it end with the fall of Jerusalem? It does, yeah. The the last king, if I'm remembering correctly, watches his, his children be slain in front of him and then is blinded. Uh, himself, so that's the last thing he sees. But the yes, this this image of a shepherd is it would be the ideal king would be one who is not exercising power via his soldiers, but is working on a higher level on principles. How much of this is really imagined in a future? a kind of eschatological vision mm-hmm. of, of a ruler and of a polity and of a relationship between power and people. I mean, how much of it is hope-dreaming? Right. Or is that a dimension of prophecy? Right, I certainly think so. The degree to which this text is speaking in, in, in this way, I'm not sure, but it certainly has the as the feel of representing something that was something that's ideal and something that would not be realized. Mm. But an ideal against which to measure Measure. reality. Right. Something to work towards, not necessarily something that they had experience with. Yeah. To look towards, if not to look at. Right. Like that. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Hawkins and Raymond, for your insights on Isaiah for the second Sunday of Advent. For a transcript of this episode and lots more Bible study resources, visit YaleBibleStudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aidan Stoddart, and I'm your host and executive producer, Helena Martin. Mixing on today's episode and our theme music are by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.